It's just good to be back in this house and uh, sense with you the presence of the Lord in the room. We say, we say often, when the Lord is in the house, anything can happen. So if you came in or you've tuned in and a broken heart is a descriptive term for your life right now. One of his names is the healer of broken hearts. Where we're confused, he is wisdom. Where we don't know how we're going to make it, he is the way maker. And I, you know, the reason some of us get a little excited when those Expressions of who he is are thrown out or, or sung about. It, it's just because we know it's true. And, and, it, and it doesn't matter who disagrees. It doesn't matter who would say, I don't know about that. When, <laughs> when he's shown himself to you in practical ways, when he, 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 in some way or another that baby's fever that could not be tended to by normal medicine and the prayer in the name of Jesus went up and some way or another that baby's fever came down. When some way or another there was that diagnosis that, that the doctors seemed to be settled about, that x-ray just seemed to show that this is absolutely what, then you go back in for a conference and, and um, medical science is baffled, you know. We're best benefited by medical science in many ways, but... But when medical science tries to spout the facts, the facts aren't final when Jesus is in the room. <laughs> you know, that, that's our hope. So, so if, you can't, if you can't stand but just raise your hand and say amen or stomp your foot like I do sometimes, that, that's all right. That, that fits in the house where we understand that when he is in the house, when he's at work, anything can happen. Now, we've been on this theme for the last two or three Sundays or so on, on the subject, unstoppable starts here. Unstoppable starts here. It's amazing when people, men or women, men and women, can younger and older, can physically do something that just seems to defy the circumstances around them seem to go beyond what their natural abilities would be. They, they, just, they just won't quit. They just won't stop. They, they, they just keep going. Well, it's not about the physical abilities necessarily. It's not even about the mental abilities necessarily. It, it, is, about, it is about something that's going off on the inside of that man or that woman. Our, our bodies are just a physical expression of what is or what isn't happening on the inside. And that's where we come back to this theme in Scripture. And uh, it, it, is, it is the only explanation for what happened in the early church where, where uh, the government was arrayed against them. The religious system was arrayed against them. But some way or another, they, they just wouldn't stop. They just wouldn't quit declaring what they had come to find in their relationship with Jesus. 
And it would be expressed through their lives, not just in spiritual ways, but it would be expressed through their lives in practical, physical ways. And Jesus would say, you let your light shine before men, whatever that light is inside you, whatever those giftings, talents, abilities are within you, you, you let them shine before men so that as they see your good works, as they see how you excel, as they see how well you do what you do, as they see the attitude that you do what you do, they will end up glorifying God who is in heaven. That unstoppable heart of, a, of an excellent spirit, of a learning spirit, that, that unstoppable heart of tenacity. Where, where, where does that come from? And, and I'm, we're on this because in the face of those kinds of descriptive terms, there are a lot, of, a lot of us who are dealing with some things in our lives that just seem to try to do everything they can to shut us down, to, to, to stop us, to get us so discouraged that we're saying, why do I even try? Well, why do I even try? It is because the Lord within me is somehow giving me the ability to keep on going. Now, that's where we're going this morning, and the, the, the catchphrase for that, the Bible phrase for that, that gives the reason as to why that this unstoppable attribute of believers is so true and has been true across the generations of the church. Here is the phrase, it is the phrase to be filled with the Spirit to be filled with the Spirit. Now, I realize some of you, when you hear that, you automatically are, are prone to check out or you want to get up and walk out because you're afraid that we may get into all kinds of strange stuff with the speaking. That, that's, you know, that's just how Satan has lied to the, to the church, that when you get filled with the Spirit, when you were brought under the control of the Spirit of Jesus, then it means weird stuff's going to happen, embarrassing things are going to happen, and in reality, it just so often is exactly the opposite. Here's where we're going to start. I want you to find your copy of the Scripture, open it to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. This is the first statement from the lips of Jesus in the longest sermon or message that he ever preached that was recorded. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And he was on the side of a hill, and there were evidently thousands of people gathered, and they were listening to him. And he would use this period of time, these, these, this, this series of teachings, to explain what the kingdom of God on this earth was going to look like in a very real sense. But it's, it's important to notice how he, how he started this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, he goes on with a number of other blessed are statements. They're called the Beatitudes. We're going to just hang on to number one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The word blessed, uh, the uh, Amplified Bible will translate that word um, 
fortunate to be envied. Happy are those who are poor in spirit. It, it means that, that this is a good place to be. This is a blessed place to be. This, this that he's going to say, the poor in spirit, that, that zone or that position that the poor in spirit occupy is somewhere or another a good place to be, a right place to be. There, there, there's blessing and there's privilege, there's opportunity that goes with this place called poor in spirit. All right, so that's good, but then it just seems like it's contradicted by the poor in spirit part. Jesus could have used a number of different words for poor in this statement, but the word that he used means this, poor but helpless. Poor, but help us. There was another word very close to the same meaning, but different in this sense. Another entirely different word that Jesus didn't use, but here's what that word means. Poor, but still able to make a living. Poor, but still able to keep a job. Poor, but still able to earn a few dollars. Jesus didn't use that word. Jesus used the word that means poor and helpless. The, 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 the second word I referred to, poor but still able to do some work, poor but still able to, to hold a job, that, that could mean that there could be the accumulation of some things. Uh, not extravagance, but the accumulation of some things. The word that Jesus uses, however, means poor and having nothing at all. Not poor and being able to make a living somehow, but poor and the only way to make a living is to beg. Jesus said, blessed, fortunate, to be envied, a doorway into privilege and opportunity is this thing, this, this, this kind of life. Poor and helpless in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit, in spirit speaks of the vertical window, the ability that humans have that animals don't have, in the sense that we have the ability to think about God, to consider that there is a God, to consider that God would have an interest in us. It, it's the it's the vertical window. The soul is the horizontal window, mind, emotion, and will. We connect socially this way and empirically, physically this way. But the Spirit enables us to go this way. And it is what Paul would say that we were dead in our sins, dead in our trespasses and sins. Well, when Jesus came to come alive inside us, he resurrected our dead spirits. He brought to life our spirits. He intensified the ability for us to be able to know God and to hear God. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, meaning blessed are those 
who understand how helpless they are to be able to please God on their own, to be able to do what is right in God's sight on their own, to be able to love God, to be able to believe God, to be able to obey God on their own, helpless to obey, helpless on my own to believe. All the things that relate to our spirit functioning and causing us to know, understand, and please God, we are absolutely helpless to perform. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus would say, you don't need to be looking around here and there and up and down to find the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven on the earth today. Because the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is not out there. The kingdom of heaven is in here. Okay. Now that's very important. All this is going to tie together here in a minute. Jesus says there's a blessed place. That there is, there is a life of blessedness, a life characterized by blessedness when that life is marked by, I know it sounds contradictory. I know it doesn't seem to make sense. But as he says still, there's a place of blessedness for a life marked by an understanding of how helpless that life is to please God, to obey God, to believe God. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven within. But you can't have a kingdom without a king, right? Can't have a kingdom without a king. Jesus, Paul would say, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's king. There, there is freedom. The, the, the spirit lives within us, but who is the spirit? Paul identifies the spirit is the invisible presence of Jesus Christ, the king. The invisible presence of King Jesus comes to live inside the heart of the believer. And Jesus says, the place of blessedness, a place of amazing favor, a place of awesome privilege and opportunity and power is going to be found in the life of the one who understands just how helpless he or she is because that is the one who's going to get the greatest manifestation of King Jesus in his life, in her life. Uh, no, nobody's waving a white handkerchief. Nobody's stomping their feet. Nobody's screaming and hollering. Oh, that's such good news. That poor in spirit is a good place to be. Poor in spirit is the place that our flesh doesn't want to have anything to do with. We, we can't stand it, it seems like, when we feel like we we are inadequate or we don't have enough or we don't have what it takes. We, we, will, we will make up stuff to try to sound like we can do things when we really know we can't. 
We, we can avoid settings where it can seem like that our inadequacies are being the most pronounced when we're in those settings around those people. But folks, what if, what, what if? What if instead of us having to play like we're spiritual, what if instead of us as believers having to play like we always love God and we always believe God, now don't somebody throw a Bible at me. I, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, and it's the truth. Some mornings chickens and some mornings feathers. Am I not telling the truth about that? Paul will say, in my flesh dwells no good thing. There can be a part of us that wakes up on a Sunday morning, and the last place we'd want to be on that Sunday morning is in a church house. You know, listen, well, I, I, I came to know the Lord 15 years ago, 20 years ago, five years ago, five weeks ago, and, and, and I, you know, I, 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 that's, I, that, that's what I know I'm supposed to do. It may be what you know you're supposed to do, but there's a part of you that will say it ain't what I want to do. If we can stand, spend our, so much of our time beating ourselves up, for that fallen part of us that we will never be rid of until we stand in the presence of Jesus and we're looking back at the grave where this body has been buried in, set free of the flesh. Jesus is saying there's a benefit to understanding just how impotent we are to do the things with our whole heart that please him, that honor him. What if instead of playing a game that we love the Bible and we want to read the Bible all day long and, and we want to lift our hands in praise all the time and we're just, it's easy for there to be this continuous flow of songs and hymns and spiritual songs coming out of our mouths when the truth of the matter is there can be another part of you that that's the last thing you want to hear in the morning. Or so, so what do we, just, do I pummel myself? Why is that sorry? Why am I thinking that way? Why can't I believe? Why isn't there just a, more of an ability to me to believe the Lord because of all that he's brought me through? Why isn't there fresh faith? What if we understood from the words of Jesus, he gives us permission to accept down to our toenails that apart from him, Apart from his work in my life, I am helpless to consistently live a life and exhibit the characteristics that please him. i got to just tell you, that's good news to me. There's hope all over that, that we're not having a God already ticked off at us, already, already just ready to spit when your name comes up because of the proneness that we can have to go back to the old ways. It doesn't make that right, but the only way to have victory over it is for the living power of the actual Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, to exert his muscles, his moral muscles, inside my lack of moral muscle. That's what it means. That's what it's talking about when the New Testament will speak of being filled with the Spirit of Jesus. Being filled with the Spirit. And here Jesus will say, that happens as you and I realize how helpless we are on our own to do those things to please Him.
just a little simple thought. You can't fill something that's already full. You, you only can fill something when there's lack in it. You can only fill something completely with a new substance when the old substance has been poured out. And what these circumstances do in our lives that cause us to realize how helpless we are, it's causing the, that self-dependence, that, 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 that pride in the sense that I can do it. I'm able. I'm capable. I just, just give me the instructions, but don't even worry about the instructions. I, I can just do this. Just get out of my way. But we find ourselves in situations where we were met with our utter helplessness. It's in that place that the living Jesus would say, that's what I can feel. When you know how hollow and empty and weak you are in and of yourself, then that is the one, that is the person that the kingdom will come and fill up the heart because the heart's empty of self-confidence and pride and ego and some kind of a lower level kind of drive and so forth. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for those are the ones who get the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? It is the living presence of the actual, literal Jesus Christ alive in your chest, alive in your brain, flexing his muscles of every kind because you have nothing left of you to compete with his control. To be helpless means that I don't have any options. If somebody doesn't help, I'm, I, need, I know I need to reel this in. I get to hollering and spitting and I'm going to get to sweating here in a minute. But it's just so important, church. It's so important. We beat ourselves up for stuff that the Lord is saying, I know that about you. That's not only why I went to the cross, but that's why I'm offering to fill you. So that there's another kind of power instead of your self-discipline or, or your own kind of motivation or, or determination. That will fail. That won't be enough. It, it'll, 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 it'll run out. But there is a river that never runs dry. Jeremiah was told, he said to the people, my, speaking for the Lord, my people have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. They walked away from the source of unending flow of fresh life into their lives because on our own there is no part of us except for that which Jesus changes and Jesus brings to life that will please him. So when you get up some morning and you don't want to read your Bible, you know what you say right then? Not what a slime bucket spiritually I am. And I know that I ought to have this heart for God. I know I ought to have this, but I don't. Truth is, I don't. That's saying, Lord, I'm helpless here. This part of me does not want you. So what's the alternative? Fill me, Lord, with your spirit. Fill me, Lord, with your spirit. 
fill up what is lacking. Cram full is the original meaning of that word to fill. To cram full, cram full of sack, cram full of bucket, cram full of box. Fill me with your spirit. Because if you don't help me, I'm going to be playing a game. And I won't play the game very well, and I won't play the game very long. Uh, that's why, folks, sooner or later when we raise our, raise our children, we, we sure need to get them tapped into the life of the Spirit. Otherwise, they're going to they're hear us saying, here's a rule, here's a rule, here's a rule, here's a rule. Here's a consequence for the violation of the rule. Here's another consequence. Here's another consequence. We, we help them to a degree. But, but if we're not able to show to them, there is a part of you. Look at mom and dad. Look at us. We struggle with the same kind of things. We can't show you how by your monitoring us how to do it right. But what we can show you is where to go when the hopelessness and the frustration of not being able to measure up in the ways that you want to measure up to do what's right from your heart. We can show you where to go. Don't look at us. Don't look at Alamo City. Don't, don't, don't just listen to praise music. That's you, you go to the Lord who loves you, who saved you, and you cry out to him, Lord, fill me. Because on my own, I don't want it. I don't like it. I can't keep doing I don't want to keep playing this religious game. There's no religious game. The religious game's in. When you realize the one who has the ability to fill us with power, when we understand he knows our helplessness, he just wants us to come to grips with our helplessness and to agree with him that we need his help. And then as we cry out, Lord, fill me. Fill me in this place of my helplessness. And he has a way of doing it in ways that we could never have expected or dreamed of before. Let me show you. Here's, here's another place. Turn over to the Gospel of John. Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 16, says this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another. Do you see that verse? You got, got there yet? Say back to me what he says he will give. And he will give you another what? Helper. Helper. Helpless People need helpers. But, but have you ever tried to be a helper to somebody who didn't want your help? Have you? It can be frustrating. You, you can know that the things they can't do on their own. You, you can know there are things that you could help them do better or do more of. But because they don't think they need to help her, you, you're, you're held back. You're, you're, you're at arm distance. You, you, you have to move on down the road. Jesus is saying the helper is, is being sent for ones who know they need help. But how much do we try to do the things that we do without this continuous realization that I'm helpless? I'm help We're like that other word for poor. Remember? Poor and helpless. But the other one was poor and still able to make a living. I may not have all the resources, but I can still work. That's how some of us live our Christian lives. Okay, need a little bit of spirit help, need a little bit of Jesus, but, but now I can handle it from here on. How's that working for us, you know? 
And so sometimes the Lord just lets things wear out, let, let things run out. And it can happen again and again and again and again in the lives of believers because we're still we're so hard-headed that we refuse to admit how helpless we are left to our own strength and energies to please him, to live the right kind of life, to consistently do what would be a good way to live. We, 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 we somehow think that we've got the ability without him to do that, so we check in for a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of church, a little bit of Christian fellowship, but the rest of it we're doing ourselves. And as a result, the level of our accomplishment has never risen above the level of our inconsistencies. And that's where, that's where Jesus and the filling of us helpless people with his spirit comes in and changes everything. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. And then this verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Well, he had just talked about, just saying, I'm leaving, but the spirit is coming. Meaning that he, Jesus, in the person of the Spirit, the invisible presence of Jesus would not leave us as orphans. He would come to us. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for those are the ones who get the manifest presence of the living Jesus, giving them help, giving them strength, giving them what they could not get using their own power and their own determination. And people, you say, well, I, well I'm memorizing Scripture. Good. Memorize a whole book. But do you realize that before the Scripture was given, the, the New Testament was even written, the Spirit was given. Meaning that the Spirit is the only way that you and I can understand and appreciate what's written in the book. That it's not a substitute for the Spirit. The written Word is not a substitute for the work of the Spirit. That can be our problem. That we know the Bible and know the Bible and know the Bible and the frustration keeps mounting because we can't keep it. And the only way we can keep it is if we get some outside help. Changing our want to. Changing our want to. Do you hear me? Changing our want to. So that the desires in the heart of the Lord for us become the desires that work inside us by his spirit. Now look, here's, here's another reference to this whole theme. John 15, verse 4, Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in, remains in the vine, so neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from my strength, you can't do anything. What part of nothing do we not understand, folks? What part of nothing? Apart from me, you can do nothing. The, 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 the branch only can function as a living part of the tree or the, or the vine 
as long as the life from the vine is flowing into the branch. But the minute that that life flow stops, the minute that there's a separation between the branch and the vine, death sets in. Jesus is saying, on its own, a branch doesn't have the power to live or to bear fruit on its own. It is helplessly, totally dependent upon the vine. He's saying, that is how it is with us. That apart from the flow of his life into us, the flow of his spirit's life into us, there is nothing on our own that can produce any good fruit. There's nothing on its own that continue on with the strength that only life can give it. The conclusions, the convictions, the pursuits, chasing the dreams, that they, they, can, they, can they, can, they can fall short. They, they, can, they can just dissipate in, in tragic fashion because we don't have the energy to keep going. Where does the energy to pursue your dream come from? Where does the energy to stay with the task, even though there's opposition stacked upon opposition, where does that come from? If you look and I look just at the strength of our will or just at the sound of coaches saying, you can do it, you can do it, you better do it, if that's all, we're, if that's all that it's coming from, it's a lateral line instead of it being a vertical line. And there's no shortage of strength, power, enabling, giving ability when we're setting our heart on seeking the strength that only the Lord can give. Who does he give it to? Who does he pour out his spirit into? Who does he manifest his strength the most to? It will be those, Jesus says, who are poor in spirit. Now, again, the, the hope here is the hope here is, if we're all honest, I mean honest, there, there has to be at least one area in all of our lives, different between us, but, er, but, but in one area of our lives where we do feel helpless. It, it can be in a relationship. It, it could be, pick it, pick, pick whatever it would be for you. Helpless, helpless. I can't change it. What if, what if instead of seeing those places as nothing but bad, reflecting mostly upon us because we are unable, what if we saw those places and those seasons in our lives as an opportunity for what the Lord's talking about here? We didn't go looking for it. It came to us. There's a poor in spirit place in my life. I'm helpless. But what if in that very spot now, you don't have to change your street address. You don't have to be married to somebody else. You don't have to work for another company. What about in that very spot where you know you're helpless? Our shift began to be, instead of trying to find these lateral solutions and beating ourselves up because we're so stupid and here we are again in the same place, if we just turned up, we just looked up. Lord, in this place of helplessness, you, you say blessed are the helpless, and I'm telling you, I am looking for my blessing because I don't see it anywhere. But if you say it's there, I'm looking up 
standing in the middle of my helplessness. And I'm asking you to fill me with the spirit of the king. That the presence of the kingdom, the presence of the king, would begin to saturate me, fill me up in this place of my helplessness. Did, did, now, did you hear what I just said? Did that, did that make sense? Not, not waiting for a revival meeting somewhere. Not, not waiting for some Prince Charming to come in out of the, you know, or, or John Wayne to come in with the cavalry over the hill and to rest. Right where you are, in the place of helplessness where you can say, I'm helpless here. But what if the Lord is intending that to tighten you up, draw you closer to the living Lord Jesus Christ than you have ever been in your life? Because he's not a plan B. He's the only plan you got. And even if it means begging, that at least is a form of faith that I'm at least looking at, Lord, help me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Lord, fill me. Lord, fill me. I don't have any strength here. If there's going to be any strength, it's going to be your strength. I, I want to just challenge you, child of God, to take the word of Jesus to heart and to lay claim to it as your own promise. Blessed are those who were poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now keep in mind, to be filled means to be filled up, leveled off, means to be imbued with strength, endowed with fresh power, enabled with things you wouldn't have unless it was given to you. But it also means the the New Testament Greek word for to be filled also means to be satisfied. To be satisfied. To be satisfied. Now here, here, here's, here's one we need to know is in the Bible. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 11. Not that I learn, not that I speak from want, for I have learned how to be content. I've learned how to be satisfied in whatever circumstance I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. And then here's the statement. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In other words, there are sometimes the Lord's power and the expression of his fullness is going to do something to so satisfy your heart that the external circumstances don't carry any weight anymore. They don't matter that much to you anymore. In other words, Paul's writing from a jail cell. They hadn't just bumped him up to the penthouse in the sky. He's still in the jailhouse. And he remembers 
what it was like to have more, and he knows what it's like to have less. But what he has come to see is and realize, I've learned this, I've learned this, he said. I've learned that by the power of the Spirit working in me, there comes to be a satisfaction with who I am and where I am, and nothing necessarily needs to change. And I, I, I realized when I said that that there weren't going to be a whole bunch of hallelujahs and thank you, Lord, and, and oh, this is so good. I can't wait to share this with 4,000 more people. Because we want something, we want these quick answers, we want these formulas, we want these do this, do this, do this, claim it, rebuke it, get it. You know, but we want all that, that kind of thing, and that, that's just a part of our human nature. But what if a demonstration of the Lord filling you is to satisfy you? So that there can be situations where you used to always feel like when you got in, in a conversational kind of a meeting and, and there were people there who were at odds with you or they were there that seemed to have a whole bunch of needs that you just felt like you needed to talk like a $2 radio. Just, just jabber, 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 jabber. But what if that was coming out of the old person? What if that wasn't the Spirit of God at all? What, you say, well, I was quoting Scripture. The Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life. The Spirit will give life to the Scripture if it's really from the Spirit and that's the time right. What, 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 if, what if, because you're under His control, He's filling you, He's giving you energy, and part of that energy is just shut up. Just shut up and trust. Just sit there and be thankful because you're understanding that you can't fix them anyway. Only God by His Spirit can do it. And it's not up to you or me to fix somebody, change somebody, convince somebody. If God doesn't do it, it isn't going to happen. So, so, so what if instead of the Spirit filling us always about us opening our mouths and saying things we never thought about saying to people we don't even know, what if, what if a part of it is He just gives you the drink, just sit there and just... Drink your iced tea and, you know, fork your, your chicken fried steak or your chicken enchilada and just, you know, take another dip of that queso. And just, I, I mix that all up because this is Tex-Mex, right? We got a chicken fried steak and a chicken enchilada. Just San Antonio will do it all. We got something for everybody. But, but what, if that, what if that in being filled with the Spirit that he, by the power of his presence, coming down from the one who's seated upon the throne. He's not walking heaven, wringing his hands with his furrowed brow. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? He's seated upon his throne. He's in charge. He's in control. And ultimately, all of history answers to him. And every knee will bow and confess that Jesus is Lord. So what if as he fills us, he fills us with the ability to satisfy us? And to wait on him in his timing to do what only he can do. I want to take you one more place before we leave this. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Paul writes, Don't get drunk with wine. For that is dissipation. In other words, don't allow yourselves to be brought under the control of wine. 
alcohol. So, to the point of drunkenness. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. And I need to take that apart a little bit. It's a present, passive, imperative verb. All right, here's what that means. And the grammar is very precise in the New Testament. Linguists have said that there's no more precise language than New Testament Greek. And the Lord picked it out of all the possible language choices because he wanted there to be this kind of ability to communicate his heart with far more intricacy than the English language, for instance, can, can contribute. For it to be present tense, he's saying, continually, nonstop, as a habit, not hit and miss, not on again, off again, not just on Sunday, but continuously, present tense, be filled. The be filled part is the passive part. It means you can't fill yourself. Somebody other than the subject is going to have to have power expressed on him or her in order for it to be accomplished what the verb describes. You can't fill yourself. He has to fill you. Paul isn't saying... Fill yourself with the Spirit. Fill yourself with the Spirit. Fill yourself with the Spirit. But, but that's, that's what we do sometimes. I'm going to go to church and hope I can get filled with the Spirit. I'm, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to sing a praise song. I'm going to keep it on gospel music all day because that's, what, that's how I'm going to get myself filled. If God doesn't fill you, it ain't happening. If the Lord doesn't do it, it ain't going to happen. But here's what he's saying. It, you, it, it, it reads like this. Allow yourselves, that's passive, allow this to happen to you. It's the heart of God for you. You don't have to convince him you need it. You, you, you don't have to offer him some payment in order to secure it. It's what he wants to do continuously to fill you. Allow yourselves continuously to be filled with the Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, Jesus says, how much more does your Father in heaven, will your Father in heaven give the Spirit to those who are asking Him? There is an allowing of the Spirit to fill us, but there is also part and parcel of that, an asking of the Lord to fill us. Lord, fill me. Believing that it is his will for you to walk in power that is greater than our inadequacies, greater than our start and stop, greater than our, you know, all energy, and then we, then we just give up after a while. You ask him to fill you. The context for this that we touched on last week, the context is, is marriage, husbands and wives. 
It's real life situations. Don't, you can't separate these verses out of the context. Paul's looking at husbands and wives, marriages, realizing that there are places where they struggle. The wives can struggle at honoring, being subject to the, the husband, honoring the husband, wanting to be, be living like a jerk. Then, then this, the wives or, or husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Realizing that, that, that sometimes that's very, very hard to do for even a loving husband to do. He doesn't understand, he's not a woman. He doesn't understand the wife. So what he's saying in the context of that, don't get drunk with wine. Don't run off and get drunk and try to fix it by getting drunk. You allow yourself continuously to be filled with the Spirit of Jesus. So that when I'm facing something with a husband, I'm facing something with a wife that is beyond me and I don't have the strength, instead of condemning myself or trying to dredge deeper into myself to get me to do something that I don't have the ability to do, I don't even go there anymore. It's just a given. I'm helpless. He's been able to be the right kind of husband, being able to be the right kind of wife, being, being able to use this, this thing in the, the way you do your life, all categories of life. I'm helpless to honor you, Lord, unless you help me, so I'm asking you to fill me. Here's the question. Did you take seriously the assignment last week? For just five days in a row, just, 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 just a few days this week, instead of slamming into the day in your own strength, did you start the day with, Lord, apart from you, I can do nothing. And Lord, fill me with your spirit. If you close your Bible <laughs> and shut this truth up when you walk out of those doors, it's your own blooming fault what you don't get when you get out there in the world. Amen. Trying to holler and scream and stomp my foot and convince, listen, this filling of the Spirit, this empowering of Jesus will work at work, will work at school, will work in the place of your dream, will work in the place of personnel, will work in the place of administration. Lord, I'm powerless. And he's not looking at you. This is so important. He's not looking at you and say, well, you, you, you ought to be able to do it. You ought to be able to do it. He understands better than we do how helpless we are and how desperately we need his tangible, practical, felt, even measurable help inside our hearts. So that the ability to think about something can shift. The conclusions that we've had about things can be altered according to what is right in his eyes and what he wants. He's filling us. I'm not copying. I'm being filled with the mind of Christ. I'm being filled with the love of Christ for a fallen world. I'm being filled with the spirit of the one who died on the cross because he loved people in their sins. Nobody had repented. Nobody had changed. That spirit coming to fill us. That spirit giving us the ability to believe. Silver and gold have I none. Here's my wallet. I ain't got to die. But what I do have I will pray for you. What I do have, I will ask God to give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. You see, that happens, folks, that kind of thing happens 
when we're disconnected from this old lie that I'm supposed to just do all this in my own strength and my own ability. No. Blessed are the helpless in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the manifestation of the presence of the living Jesus in them. And Paul is saying it's to be continuous. The Lord wants it all the time for you. You're not, we're not all the time going to stand up. Peter wasn't all the time up in front speaking to all those people and 3,000 folks get saved. There were times when he was in a small group. He was just doing other things that, that an early apostle would do. He didn't need that kind of demonstration all the time. But he needed the filling of the Spirit of Jesus to help him with his self-control. Remember how Peter just had, he had a big mouth, just had a big mouth, just come in the room talking, mouth first. And Paul would say, the fruit of the Spirit, here's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Is that going to come from me? No, I'm helpless in those things. Where's it going to come from? It's going to come from the one who fills me with his spirit. It is his spirit producing out of me the fruit of love, joy, peace. I don't have it and you don't have it. And the sooner we, get, we realize that or just at peace with that, there's a part of me that doesn't like God. There's a part of me that loves me. There's a part of me that doesn't want to be dependent. There's a part of me that wants to be independent. There's a part of me. In my flesh dwells no good thing. But Lord, you've come to live in me. The Spirit of Christ lives. I've received you, Jesus, as my Savior and Lord. And only you can empower me, enable me to love you, to believe you, to honor you with my life. So if that's going to happen, I need you to just keep on filling me. Fill me, fill me, fill me throughout the day, throughout the day. Don't wait till next Sunday. That's too long. Don't wait till dark. That's too long. Lord, fill me. Present tense. Allow yourselves continuously to be being filled with the Spirit. You know, in some days, it, it may be some spectacular something, and there's some Christmas party for your company or for your team or whatever, and, and, they, you know, and they give you the microphone, and, and you just start saying stuff that you had no idea that you would say and giving glory to God and testifying, and you're more surprised than anybody else at what you said. Maybe he'll fill you that way, give you things to say in an hour of testimony when you didn't know that the time was coming, but he gave it to you. But what if it's other times, like Paul? Lord, I know, I know what it is to be blessed with a bunch. And I know what it is to not have as much as I've had before. But here's what I have learned, and I've gotten it from you. Satisfied. Satisfied. Thankful for every red cent I've got, every dime I have, and the hole in the bottom of my Tony Lama boots, I'm, I'm thankful for my boots. And it's not a game, it's the truth. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. 
If you could say at least 30% of what I heard this morning made sense to me, would you raise your hand at least 30%? Good. I'll, I'll go with 30% in the room this morning. You leave here. When you get your purse, ladies, or you grab whatever you got, guys, that you brought in, and before you take a step on that carpet to get out of here, I just want to challenge you. Lord, fill me. Lord, fill me. Apart from you, I can do nothing. Lord, fill me. But I can do all things through the Christ who is giving me strength. He wants to prove that to you, church. He wants to prove that to you. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. A part of knowing him is knowing his power inside your life. Okay. Now I want to ask you all to just stand with me. Would you please just as we close. I ask you to just, if you would, close your eyes. And this isn't a test of spirituality and this isn't going to make or break you as a disciple. But those of you who have this working in your heart, Lord, I want you to fill me. I want you just to, as you stand there, just open your palms, open your hands, as if to receive a gift, as if to receive something. Lord, we need you to help us to vividly and thoroughly understand and accept our helplessness apart from you. And Lord, we're asking you, fill us, Lord. Fill me, Lord, with your spirit. It is your will. Jesus said it was the will of the Father to give to the children the Spirit when we ask. In the place of our helplessness this morning, fill us with your Spirit. Apart from you, we can do nothing. So fill us, Lord. Would you make that a singular pronoun? Fill me. Fill me, Lord. Fill me with your spirit. And Lord, I ask you to remind us of this simple prayer. As the hours in the afternoon unfold and as the days of this next week occur. Remind us, Lord, remind us of our helplessness that you accept and that we are to embrace. But remind us, Lord, that it is your heart to fill us with strength that only the helper can give us. That is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.